Alrighty, welcome to Titus Talent Talks, another episode of our podcast, all on the topic of talent. Um, I am excited today as we sit here with Melanie Carrion, and uh, Melanie is a Senior Vice President with Mental Health Systems in San Diego, California. I'm sitting here with Chris Hamilton, one of our directors at Titus Talent Strategies, and uh, it's exciting to have these talent talks all on the topic of what's going on in the talent space beginning of COVID and this um, global pandemic, uh, we just started looking at how can we share knowledge and how can we bring people to the table to help um, just this, the cliche of we're all in this together. There is so much richness when we actually do listen and open up um, our ears to hear what other people are doing uh, and, and uh, share some of this great knowledge that's out there. So it is a privilege to have Melanie with us here today. And um, we're just going to uh, get a little bit of time, hear what's going on in, in her world, in the healthcare and mental health space. And uh, I'm sure every one of you who are listening here will be able to take some nuggets that you can apply. They'll be helpful, useful. And please do reach out to Melanie directly. You can find her on all the good uh, social media channels, but uh, LinkedIn is a great place to track her down. Um, but Melanie, welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you. Thank you for having me here today. Um, as Jonathan said, I'm Melanie and I'm from Mental Health Systems. Mental Health Systems is a behavioral health company that's been in business since 1978. We are, I know the same year I was born, Mental Health Systems was born. So it was a good year. Um, we are based in San Diego is where our corporate office is, but we actually have administrative offices in San Bernardino County, which is in the, and we call it the Inland Empire. We have a regional office in Fresno and a regional office in the Bay, Contra Costa, San Jose area. So we are all over the state of California. We, um, work with individuals who are struggling with a behavioral health issue such as mental health or substance abuse issues. Uh, we have programs, um, like I said, all the way in the Bay from Contra Costa, San Jose, come on down to Fresno, Bakersfield, Visalia, Tulare, Kern, San Bernardino, Orange County, and into San Diego. So wow. we're pretty much all over the state of California. Um, we have come to a new era of telemedicine with the COVID age. We did do some things remote prior to COVID, but getting um, into this new era of healthcare and behavioral health services has been a, a little bit of a challenge, but exciting and an opportunity as well. Um, we've seen some cool trends that I can talk about. Um, and uh, I want to mention that our core values are people, culture, and growth. So even in this era of COVID, we've really focused on those three areas, mm. people, culture, and growth. Well done. That's fantastic. What clarity of vision. I love it. How many employees do the organization have? Just so give us roughly. We have just about 900. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And any given day, you know, it kind of wanes. Um, the behavioral health field, we have contracts with counties as well as government contracts, state contracts, um, probation. We have fee-for-service um, contracts that are directly with individuals. Um, so we kind of cover a wide base of uh, different areas that 
fund us so that we keep you know the diversity of funding and we're not just um, focused on on one funding stream we have a quite a bit of diversity there um, and with covid we've also gotten into some um, contracts with getting telehealth on board and making sure that those those areas are of great focus we have an incredible IT department um, mm -hmm. our IT director was actually um, mentioned in San Diego's um, I, I think it was director of the year or something like that and our CEO was actually CEO of the year so wow. we've got some really cool talent here and really focused on getting um getting the very best out of the services that we get give we really focus on quality of health uh yeah. we we've done remote services for all of our groups when covid hit and we kind of closed down san diego county it took us about two weeks to get everybody up on our remote platform, meaning that every single one of our employees was able to remote connect if you know we were in a program that was able to do that. And we focused on also getting, we had a, a person in the Inland Empire that was fully clothed in PPE and she worked mm -hmm. directly with clients, getting them to connect their tablets or their, or their cell phones so that they could connect with their counselors and be in groups. Wow. Um, so we took a very proactive stance right from the beginning. And we're seeing that that's really helping, you know, the things that I'm concerned about are the increase in, um, overdoses, the increase in mental health symptoms, and the mm -hmm. increase in suicide. Mm -hmm. And we did see in San Diego County a decrease in suicide this last month, which I think directly speaks to the fact that so many behavioral health providers are getting in their remote and just serving any way that they can. Wow. It sounds like that you guys have had, uh, you before even the pandemic, uh, you had such a diverse uh, footprint, if you will, in a variety of different people's lives and in, in, in the county, right? And so, you know, hiring specific people, you've also got this diversity of, uh, of talent, so to speak, it sounds like, right? Where people need to show up and they need to be, uh, you know, whether it's virtual or it's in person and, and you know, and that cultural element that you have of people uh, is huge. Like you said, that people are your number one. And, and I can see even as you're talking, you know, you light up, but then you talk about your people and how they've actually influenced and how that has been a game changer with even decreasing in suicide. So talk to us a little bit about uh, your workforce planning as you think about kind of the future now, right? Um, how has workforce planning uh, the challenges, how has that evolved uh, over the last eight months? And what does that look like as you look to the future to bring on talent? That's a really good, interesting question. I like that you um, also tied in there that we have this diversity of talent. So it's, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. My peers are psychologists and, um, and substance abuse specialists and therapists and all this kind of stuff, but we have this. And so I'm really focused on how can we get the information out there, but I have no idea how to do that, right? Like turning on my computer today, was a stretch, um, but we have this phenomenal um, support in our company that we have a, a great technology um, department. So 
our IT director understands how the cloud works and how different people are connected to different people. And we make fun of them all the time and say, oh, it's in the cloud, it's in the cloud. Um, but that is vital in making sure that our therapists and our counselors can do what they do every day. Our CEO is a businessman. So he understands all of the business aspects that comes into running a behavioral health program in the age of COVID and technology needs and that kind of stuff. And then our CEO is, our COO, sorry, COO is a, um, is a counselor, is a therapist, is some Somebody that um, really manages people really well. So we've got this really tight system and then our CFO that understands the fiscal aspect. So even though it's a behavioral health program, we have all of these elements in our C-suite and in our executive team that uh, manages it at, at every different level. When we're looking for talent now, we're looking, I can say, I'm gonna hire the very best therapist, I'm gonna hire the very best counselor, and I'm not looking at what they can do technology-wise because I know I have this team that can come in and take care of that. I know that from somebody's desktop, they can click a button and their group is going to show up because yeah. we have that back support, um, which I think maybe is in the industry a little bit of a struggle when you go, oh, I've got to find somebody that knows how to work this, mm -hmm. this um, system. I've got to know somebody, I can hire somebody that knows how to fix their computer if in the middle of it, it kind of glitches out and stuff. I know that I need to hire the best talent that can work with my consumers, can work with my participants, my clients, my patients. Melanie, that's powerful because what you're doing, it sounds like, is you're hiring to someone's strengths and you're not hiring someone to be all things to all people, right? Which almost would dilute uh, the very thing that you guys are about. You're about people, right? Behavioral health. And so you want to hire the very best, the top talent, but you're not asking them to be who they're not because you, it sounds like you've rounded out the team to help support. So it sounds like that your support structure allows the people you go after to be the very best at what they do. Yeah, that is really our goal. And that's why the at the top of our vision is people looking at putting those people. We say sometimes like the best, put the people on the seats in the bus that they're, they're best at, you know? So really look at that. Um, when we hire somebody on, we make a commitment to that person that we are going to help them every step of the way. So if something doesn't work out, it's not a failure on that person's part. It's really a failure on all of our parts. We have a really comprehensive 30, 60, 90 day plan when we bring somebody on that we nurture that and nurture their talent and what they're good at. And if we go, okay, we put them in a prison and they can't stand to be behind the wall. Like that's just not something that they're comfortable with, but they thought they could, but they have this other talent of, they do great at groups. Okay, let's find a program. We have 84 different contracts. We can, all over the state of California, we can find something for someone that doesn't, doesn't work out. So really looking at our people, investing in them, investing in their growth, not just our agency growth. We've seen, you know, we've had, we've had a lot of success over the years, but when I talk about growth and when we talk about growth, we're mm -hmm. investing in our people's growth. We hire within. I started as a program manager in central California, Fresno, and we worked my way up onto the executive team. So we are 
fundamentally looking at what people are good at, what, how we can strengthen that and where we can put them in our company to make, get, get the biggest bang for lack of a better term. Wow. That's amazing. It sounds like that you're really looking at it from multiple perspectives. And, and so someone who's listening in on this, uh, let's say that they're an executive in the healthcare uh, industry, right? And, and there's, they're listening to this and they say, okay, how do I dial in my, my people strategy? How do I, how do I think about that? You know, in these times, uh, what are some takeaways? What are some uh, things that you've done that you've seen if you were to do it over, you would do it the same or different, right? What are some things that they can take away and be like, okay, this is this is how I really have put people first and make sure that there's top quality and making sure that uh, we're hiring people for the long term. So one of the very first things that I wish I had done is at you know the beginning where everything closed. I put a really strong emphasis on get on your computers, make sure that you're running your groups, make sure you're doing all of this. And I kind of stopped supervision for about a month. I was putting out fires. So, you know, we have uh, in needles, we haven't had an issue with, um, you know, bandwidth. We've, you know, dealing with all of those kind of things. And I just focused on that kind of stuff. At about a month, I started a weekly like call with all everybody, all of my direct reports and my direct reports, direct reports. And in we talked about strategies, what's working well, what's not working well. It was at that meeting that we figured out that you need to have a live person um, in PPE to connect with the clients to get them online. They didn't know how to get online. So it was one program that figured that out that then we were able to spread that across the entire division. Um, really looking at connecting with people because even though we're behind a screen, you can still connect with people. So now I've increased supervisions. Um, that call happens without me now, happens with my direct reports and their direct reports. And I just get on every once in a while to, to see what, you know, what are the trends. Um, those are the things that I think I would have connected really closely with people from the start instead of just putting out those fires because there was a long time to put out fires. I mean, we're still not out of it. We're still in a remote workforce. Um, so I don't think I had to quickly identify all of those things to get it rolling. I think that my, I have a very talented group of people. They probably could have figured it out without me. And I wish I would have spent more time connecting with my staff. I love it. Sounds like you got some great uh, rhythms in your business and in your culture. As uh, part sort of tribal rhythms that people have become acclimated to um, through the through the pandemic, which is amazing. I think some of the companies who've uh, come through and thrived in a really unfortunate and difficult situation are those who've who've created new rhythms, um, and so it doesn't feel so kind of the word that goes with pandemic, pandemonium, <laughs> craziness, everyone running all the different directions. Those who stabilize quickly with rhythms is great. What would you um, put you on the spot on this one? Um, sort of culture secret sauce uh, for mental health systems as an organization. What's the secret sauce that other people here and go, wow, that's what brings them together. Is there something, a cultural attribute or a value that you have held stronger than any other at any other time that has been a real secret source for you guys in this season? 
So there's two things that I think about when you say that. The first thing is I frequently um, refer to the MHS way. So mental health systems way, how do we do it here? We don't do it to make more money. We don't do it to get more clients. We don't do it to anything other than be the very best quality provider that we can be. So when um, people are struggling with, oh, what do, what do I do in this situation? I think about you go with the MHS way, you go with the right way to do it every time. And as long as you do the right thing every time, I'm going to have your back a hundred percent, whether that, you know, is a little bit more costly in the end, or it's something that we're going to have to have some explanations around. We do the right thing every single time. The other thing is create a culture where it's the very best way to work, very best place to work. Sorry. Very best place to work. So our, um, vision and principles are when you come to work, you're part of MHS. What you do is a a direct, a a direct, um, I want to say like vision of what the company is. So if someone doesn't get on board with that, we address it very, very quickly. We don't let things go because who we are as an agency is our employees. I want my employees to go at the, you know, at the end of the day, what I did mattered today. What I did mattered not only to me, but to the community that I served, to those around me. And I can go to sleep at night knowing that what I did mattered and I did the right thing every single time. Someone makes a mistake, we allow for mistakes, we allow for U-turns. We allow for complete 360s, right? We're behavioral health. That's what we do every day. And we don't only do that with our clients and our consumers, our participants, but we do that with our staff. If you make a mistake, come and tell me that you made the mistake. Let's fix it together. Let's walk through this together. Um, nobody's alone here. Yeah, so good. I think, especially in the healthcare space, mental health, I mean, that whole world that you're in, uh, more than so many others, it does come down to the people. Um, when people, their experience with mental health uh, or experience in the healthcare industry is not, you know why I love that organization? The way they do their billing, it's just the best. You know, <laughs> it's, it's the experience of human connection um, because we're in the place of bringing health to people, which is, um, it's not just systems and processes, but people um, showing genuine care and love. I love it. On that note, last question for you. Um, when you think of think of your history, your career, growth, development, who would you say has had a major impact, a positive impact on you that brought you here to today and somebody maybe that you really look up to and respect as well? Maybe those are two different people, but, um, but uh, who comes to mind? And I know it's really mean because you're like, Wait, not that person. This, you know, there's another one now. Yeah, know. why don't you give me this question first? Oh, right. That's Three why weeks I'm, ago. I'm talking to give you time to think. So, <laughs> um, but um, just who comes to mind? So I'm going to give you two, Jonathan. Yep. The first person I, uh, you know, I know this is cliche and everybody says it, but my mom works harder than anyone in the entire world. I make a joke that I've never seen her sleep except for when she falls asleep in front of the TV. Um, She works her 
butt off. Like she just works hard. And I've seen that from the time I was born that she works and she, everything that she does matters. She makes it a priority to be there for my children, for me, for my nieces and nephews, for my brothers and sisters. Like she has five children and she works full time and she owns her own company and she just works. And that's where I got my work ethic. Um, and my professional career, the person that's made the biggest impact is actually, uh, we worked together at another company and now she works with us at this company. And she is the most ethical person that I've ever met. Um, she has showed me from the very beginning of my career, she was, she was the very first like professional position I had, she was my supervisor. And she showed me that you always do the right thing and everything else is gonna fall in place. And uh, she in the last year has come to work for mental health system and, and has um, brought all of those beliefs and high ethics and standards to, um, to the Central Valley. And I'm proud to be working with her. Um, her name is Angie Jenkins. Uh, she's a social worker and uh, she's one of our vice presidents. She definitely has been a huge role model in my success. Fantastic. Well, on that note, make sure you tell her today. Put it in writing, send her a text, give her a call. Um, the world needs to, individuals need to know the impact they've had on our lives. And I think uh, that's great. And your mom too. She sounds great. We'll, uh, we'll have her on the show next week. Um, <laughs> she would love that but you're gonna need more than 30 minutes so. <laughs> yes, sounds like it well melanie thank you so much chris hamilton thank you uh for putting this together uh it is a pleasure to have you on talent talks and uh, until next time uh, have a great week go make impact in people's lives tell them the impact they've had on you uh, and just look for opportunities to make the world a better place Melanie, thank you for joining us. Have a thank great you day. guys. Have a great day.